morning again, Westover. We are so glad that you're here. My name is Pastor Jonathan. I'm the Family Life Pastor. And whether you're joining us in the room or joining us online, you grace us with your presence and we're grateful that you've joined us. Today we're focusing, we're continuing a series we started at the beginning of the year entitled Stronger Families. Stronger Families. For the next couple months, we're going to be intentionally investing in each of you to build a stronger family. And for the month of January, what we've been focusing on is how to cultivate a faith in the family. Last week, we talked about how to build a strong faith and how a strong faith is the foundation for a stronger family. And today, I want to share with us about how to build a sticky faith. A sticky faith. For you see, a sticky faith is a faith that sticks. It's a faith that's memorable in our minds. It sticks in our hearts. It influences all that we do in life. And ultimately what it does is it makes an impact. God desires for our faith to stick and to make an impact. Now I remember growing up I heard this little rhyme that kind of went like this. I'm rubber... You're glue. Whatever you say to me bounces off me and sticks on you. And as I was preparing this message, I got to thinking and I said, you know what? There's some truth in that. What God wants us to do is he wants us to reverse it. He wants our faith to stick to us. Don't settle for a bouncy ball rubber faith. But get a faith that sticks like glue. And not just a faith that's like Elmer's glue, but a gorilla glue faith. The kind of faith where you put your fingers together and it's stuck and you have to buy some chemical to break the bond apart. That's the kind of faith that God wants us to have, not only in our own lives, but also in the lives of our kids and our students. For you see, we live in a culture that wants to provide an alternative faith. And the culture is hoping that the faith that they share will stick on our kids and our students. We live in a culture that minimizes God, marginalizes the church, undermines biblical marriage, and disconnects families. And I firmly believe that God wants us to have a faith that sticks so that we can say, as we've been saying all year, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's what God desires for us and for our family. A faith that sticks. A faith that keeps us connected in our family. A faith that keeps us connected in our marriage. A faith that keeps us connected to God. He wants us to have a sticky faith. Now we're going to spend some time in the book of Deuteronomy, specifically chapter 6. So I want to invite you to go ahead and open up your Bible app or open up your regular Bible, or open up the Westover app. We have notes there conveniently for you. But before we get into the text today, I want to set the scene for what's happening in Deuteronomy 6. Moses has just led the nation of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness. They are about to step into the promised land. But before he step into the promised land, he says to them, there are certain things that you need to do Before you step into the promised land. For you see in life we have to do certain things to inherit the promise that God has for us. Sometimes there are things that we need to adjust. Things that we need to change. God desires for us to step into the promised land. But we have to submit to the process to inherit the promise. 
And that applies to how we parent our kids and our students. So the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 is focused specifically on how we can cultivate a sticky faith in the family. So I want to invite you to turn with me, Deuteronomy 6 verses 1 and 2. This is Moses speaking to the nation of Israel. He says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing into the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all of his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. What's happening in this passage is God has just given laws, decrees, and commands to Moses. And he's told, he's instructed Moses to share with the people and say to them, if you are willing to abide by the decrees and the laws and commands, you will step into the promised land and you will be established. Not just you, but your children and your grandchildren and for generations. This was God's promise. But it requires us to have a faith that sticks, a faith that sticks within us. In order for our kids and our students and our grandkids to have a faith that sticks, it needs to stick with us. But it doesn't stop there. God not only wants us to step into the promised land, but he also wants us to enjoy life. He desires for us to enjoy life. Some of us, we have a hard time enjoying life. We have a hard time enjoying life. We have a nice house, but an unhappy home. We like where our house is, but we don't like how we are living. We are unhappy. We are dissatisfied. We are frustrated. We've settled for a ho-hum job, a so-so marriage. As I say in Spanish, it's kind of mas o menos. We have a lukewarm faith and kids that obey 50% of the time. And we're frustrated. We've just determined in our minds that we just have to make it through Monday, get to Friday, get to the end of the month. We've settled for length of years. If I can just make it through my life, then fine. But that's not God's desire for us. He wants us to not only have length of years, but strength of years. He wants us to not only enjoy a long life, but enjoy life all life long. And I just want to encourage the parents today. Here is what's at stake. Our kids and our students are watching us. If we don't enjoy a walk and a life with God, they won't enjoy it either. We need to enjoy life with God as well. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, God richly gives us all we need for enjoyment. God is the source of our enjoyment. He says this. The Bible's full of passages about God wanting us to enjoy life. Now, parents, there are three things that we can do as parents to ensure that our kids forsake our faith. Number one, make God mean and hard. Number two, make the Bible stern and condemning. And number three, make church boring and optional. When we do this in our family experience what ends up happening is they end up with a bouncy ball faith. They don't, they don't believe the faith that we ascribe to. 
They need to see it stick in us. They need to see us excited about walking with Christ. They need to see us rejoicing about coming to church. They need to see us celebrating when we open the Bible and read the word of God. They need to see that from us. Because that's what will help their faith stick. And that's the kind of faith that will help them all of their life. That's what God ordains for us. That's what he wants for us. So today I want to share with you four steps to build a sticky faith in the family. Four steps to build a sticky faith in the family. Number one, sharpen your faith. Parents, sharpen your faith. Verses six and seven of that same passage says this. These commandments, the 10 commandments, this is what Moses is referring to, that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Now this idea of it being on our hearts is not only that it's readily accessible, that it influences all that we do, but it's also in our hearts. Parents, we can't give what we don't have. Faith has to be within us. It has to live within us. The joy of the Lord has to rise up within us in order for us to communicate that to our kids and our students. It has to be in our own experience to be able to make a difference. And then once it's in our hearts and on our hearts, he instructs us to impress them on your children. Now this word impress means to press in. It actually refers to the sharpened tip of an arrow that pricks the heart. God wants, God wants his word to impact our heart and to impact their heart, to prick their heart, to get in their heart. Now, when I was about 10 years old, some family friends came into town and they stayed with us. And the family that stayed with us, the, the gentleman was an avid bow hunter. And so we saw that he had a bow and we asked him, would you teach us how to shoot the bow? And so I only have one experience shooting the bow and I don't know how to shoot the bow now, but one of the things that I learned in that experience was this, is that there's two types of arrows. When I looked down into the quiver that he had, he had a dull arrow that he had out that he was shooting the target with. But then I noticed that there was another arrow in his quiver and it was razor sharp. And so I asked him, I said, what is this all about? He said, when you practice, you use a dull arrow. But when you go hunting, you use a razor sharp arrow. And I realized that in order for God's word to impact the hearts of our kids and our students, it has to be razor sharp. It has to get in their heart. It has to hit the target. And the only way we can do that is that when our faith is razor sharp in our own experience. And so I'm calling some parents today to be willing to say, I'm willing to sharpen my faith. I'm willing to make a decision. I'm willing to make a decision to sharpen my faith so that it impacts the hearts of my kids and my students. Because a sharp faith in parents produces a sticky faith in the family. When we take the time to sharpen our faith, it will stick in their experience. So how do we know when we have a sharp faith? How do we know? Well, a sharp faith is when faith is right at our fingertips. When faith is right at our fingertips, when it's readily accessible, when our kids ask us questions, we're able to answer them from God's word. When situations come up and work and you don't know what the solution is and God drops a word in your mind that provides a solution to the problem that you're facing. It's when it's readily accessible. It's when it influences every part of your life. It's when it's making an impact in your hearts of your kids and your students. It's when you talk to them and you're actually getting through. 
God desires for us to talk to our kids, not talk to them, but actually get through to them. And a sharp faith does that. It cultivates that within their hearts. And I just want to offer three ways for you to sharpen your faith. Parents, a way to sharpen your faith is number one, attend weekend services. Attend weekend services. Come every week. We're going to be talking about how to build stronger families. And we want to invest in you. The second way is to practice spiritual disciplines like prayer, like reading God's word, like fasting. Some of us are wanting a breakthrough in our family and we don't know how to make that happen. And some of us, we need to pray and fast. I believe that some breakthroughs, some times we need to sharpen our faith and it happens when we're on our knees. We sharpen our faith when we're on our knees before the Lord. And third, I wanna invite every parent and every grandparent to register for the Strong Family Conference. We want to invest in you. This is a two-day experience that we've crafted for you in mind. We spent an entire year planning this for you. And the whole purpose is we want the opportunity to deposit within you God's word, to build a stronger faith within you, to empower you to be spiritual leaders of your home, to equip you with practical wisdom that will help you win in your family day to day. We also want to empower your students to be able to stand for God in the culture. They're facing challenges, parents. It's harder for them to grow up in this culture than it was for us. We have to set them up for success. God also wants to connect us as a family through this event. We want you to come. This is a moment, parents, for us to set aside the plans that we have. This is the moment for us to say to the coach, guess what, she's not coming to the practice. She won't be playing in the game today. That family event that you've been planning, consider planning it later in the day so that you can arrive and come to this experience. We want to invest in you. And if you are impassioned by doing this and you want to do this in your own family, I want you to text level up to the number on our screen. Text level up. You'll get information about how you can register. And if at the end of today you still want more information, we have Uh, attendants at the resource center who can help you register then and there. And you can also purchase shirts like this to be able to communicate your faith, not only in your family, but also to other people. We want you to come. We want you to sharpen your faith. And once we sharpen our faith, then we can share it. Once we sharpen our faith, we can share it. Share your faith, parents. Verse seven says this, talk about them. Talk about God and godly values when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. The conversations of faith start at home and they continue when you get in the car, when you go to the grocery store. And then it says, when you lie down and when you get up, as they go to sleep and as they wake up, we're constantly talking about faith. Because for you see, sticky faith is practical and portable. Sticky faith is practical and portable. It's intended to be practical. God wants us to talk about God and godly values in every part of our life. In every part of our life, when it comes to their friendships, when it comes to their behavior, when it comes to the things that they watch, God wants us to have a faith that permeates every part of our life. It's supposed to be practical. We can talk about faith 
when it comes to anything in life. And then it's portable, which means we can talk about faith anywhere, anywhere. Now, God gives us two key moments for us to share our faith with our kids and our students. And that's at the beginning of the day, and it's at the end of the day. Because how they start their day will determine how the rest of the day goes. And how they end the day will determine how their next day is. We have an opportunity to make an impact. So in the morning, right after they wake up, once they're, they're somewhat awake and they've had breakfast, talk to your kids. And if you have the great privilege of driving them to school each and every day, turn off the radio. Don't listen to talk radio. Talk to your kids. Talk to your kids. Anything that you hear on talk radio, you can catch up on. And frankly, there's a lot of stuff on talk radio that's not going to edify your life or their life either. Turn off the radio. Talk to them. Don't miss the moment to impact and to share your faith. That's when we sharpen their faith. That's when we pray for them as they go to school. That's when we encourage them and say, I believe you can do this. I believe that you can pass the test. I believe that you can fix that disconnection with your friend. I believe that you can make a difference in your classroom. I believe that the sporting event is gonna go great. This is an opportunity for us to invest in them. And then when they come home, parents... I don't know about you. I worked in a school district for four and a half years. And the stuff that kids are facing today is is difficult. And I'll just tell you, there are many teens that come home. They are just struggling with so much of the stuff that they see in the culture. And they need the place to be a place where they can share their heart. And sometimes we just need to invest in them and encourage them. Maybe before homework or after homework. Before school, during, uh, before dinner, during dinner, after dinner. Some of us, we need to set our phones aside and just focus on them. And then as they go to bed, create routines that involve prayer. Them praying for their day, their evening, and their morning tomorrow. Talking to them about the highs and lows of their day. God gives us key moments. And we don't want you to miss your moment. Make an effort to share your faith with the moments that God entrusts to you in the words in the words of the great theologian the great philosopher dr seuss we need to share our faith like green eggs and ham and i would share it in a boat and i would share it with a goat and i will share it in the rain and in the car and on a train and in a car and in a tree it's so good so good you see so i will share it in a box and i will share it with a fox and I will share it in a house, and I will share it with a mouse, and I will share it here and there. Say, I will share it anywhere. God wants us to share our faith anywhere and everywhere. I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's what the book of Romans says. I am not ashamed of the gospel. And we, when we're shameless, when it comes to our walk with Christ, it'll cultivate a sharp and sticky faith in their experience. Number three, the third step to building a sticky faith is to activate their faith. Activate their faith. Verse eight says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. What this passage means is that if we can get faith in their hands, it will get in their head and in their heart. 
We need to exercise their faith. We need to activate their faith. Educators know that some kids and students, actually most these days, are called kinesthetic learners. What that means is they learn by doing. They have to do it. They have to experience it in order for it to make sense. We need to activate their faith. We need to find opportunities for them to activate their faith. For you see, faith is strengthened when it's lived out. Faith is strengthened when they have the opportunity to live it out in their own experience. At the age of eight, I made the decision to let Jesus lead my life. At the age of 13, I publicly declared my faith through water baptism. At 14, the Holy Spirit filled my heart to overflowing. And at 15, I went to the pastor of my church and I said, I need something to do. I feel God tugging in my heart and I want something to do. And he asked me, well, Jonathan, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to pray for people. I want to pray for people. And so he let a 15-year-old me in main service pray for people. Pray that God would heal them. Pray that they would receive Jesus. Pray that God would meet their needs. And part of the reason why I'm serving God now, part of the reason why I'm a pastor now, is because someone was willing to activate my faith. Parents, we get the opportunity to activate their faith. God wants to make an impact in their life, but sometimes our kids need to feel it. They need to experience it in order for it to stick. They will develop what I call now and later faith. Kids and students that serve God now are more likely to serve God later. Parents, we get the opportunity to activate their faith. But also I want to speak to the grandparents as well. You all have the privilege to activate their faith. I want to encourage grandparents to continue to sharpen your faith. Verse 2 says, you, your children, and your grandchildren. Grandparents, you still have a role to play. Share your faith. Activate the faith of your kids and your grandkids. Bring them to church. Let them activate their faith. Some of you are praying for your adult children that they would come back to Christ. And what we fail to realize is that our kids, our grandkids, your grandkids may be the reason why your adult kids come back to church. God can Use your grandkids to be the vehicle that causes your adult children to come back to church. Continue to activate their faith. If your grandchild is hungry for God, allow them to discover who God is. It'll make an impact. It'll stick in their experience. If you've got kids and they're hungry to serve, get them involved in kids' ministry. If you have students who are hungry to serve, let them serve in either kids' ministry or student ministry. Maybe they need to go on a missions trip. In fact, for our middle school parents, we have an event this uh, spring break coming up called Intermission. It's an opportunity for your middle schoolers to activate their faith. I remember uh, I grew up on a border town right on, on the border of Texas and Mexico. And we would have missionaries come and they would come to our church and we would go across the bridge to Mexico. And we would go to the dump and we would take jackets and coats and clothes and we would talk to them about God. There was even an orphanage that I went to. And that made an impact. That caused me to appreciate what I have, but it also gave me eyes to see people through God's eyes. I had the opportunity to see people the way God sees them. Some of our kids, 
They need to have a missions trip experience. It'll transform their life. Maybe, maybe we just need to decide that our kids, that our students uh, are gonna go to the Collide Conference, that they're gonna collide with God. That may be the moment when God impacts them. That may be the moment when the faith finally sticks. That may be the moment that will transform their life. God wants our faith to stick in our family. Step one, sharpen your faith. Step two, share your faith. Step three, activate their faith. And number four, share your faith as a family. Share your faith as a family. Verse nine says, write them, write God's laws on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Parents, we need to be mindful of what we say and do at home because what starts at home doesn't stay at home. What starts at home doesn't stay at home. And you've seen this when you go to HEB and you see a little four or five-year-old throwing a fit with mom. And they're saying unimaginable things and they're cursing and they're yelling and you're like, what is going on? I'll tell you this. The kids learned it somewhere and they're not that creative. They had to learn it from an adult. What starts at home doesn't stay at home. I remember when Danae and I, we first got married, we started off in a very humble apartment and uh, our neighbors fought. They fought all the time and they yelled and they screamed and they threw stuff and we heard everything because they were loud and and also because we had very thin walls. Um, But the point is, is that what starts at home doesn't stay at home. The same is true with the flu. What starts at home doesn't stay at home. I don't care what anybody says, but when it comes to the flu, sharing is not caring. If you're sick, stay home. Don't bless us with the flu. We don't need that. But there are times when what starts at home doesn't stay at home, and it's a blessing. It's a blessing. There are moments when I walk through the halls, and I hear kids and students say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Please, thank you, or no, thank you. And it's music to my ears. And then there are moments when I see students opening the doors for other people. I see students and kids inviting friends to church. I even know of a couple high school students who had enough enough will in their heart and enough love for God that they established their own life group. They told their mom, we're gonna start a life group. Guess what? We have 15 kids coming over in 30 minutes. Ah! <laughs> but we celebrate that because what, doesn't, what starts at home doesn't stay at home. That's music to God's ears. And when I see that, I say to myself, that's a great kid. They must have great parents. And it's because that parent was willing to share their faith as a family. Start by sharing your faith at home. Sometime what's on TV and on the radio doesn't align with our values and we just need to shut it off. There are other moments when we just need to pray for our meals at home. Maybe the next step in your family is for you to empower, to train your kids how to pray for their meals at home. Sticky faith starts at home and it continues in the world. So once we start at home, we want to continue it in the world. And the way we do that is some of us, we're, our family is the only family, maybe your family is the only family that believes in God. And you go to family gatherings and you encounter relatives that say jokes that are inappropriate and you chuckle just to be polite Everybody knows that Theo Jesus needs Jesus. <laughs> and sometimes the things that we laugh at diminish our testimony. 
and our kids and our students, they're watching. They're watching to see what we endorse through our laughter or through our chuckle. And we need to decide that we're going to allow our faith to continue in the world. Some of us, we, we're in a workplace where our coworkers invite us to happy hour. Don't go to happy hour. There's no happiness to be found there. Just because they invite you doesn't mean you need to go. The happiness that you're, you're searching for is found in Jesus. And it's found at home. Parents, we get the opportunity to cultivate happiness at home. And dads, your kids need you. Moms, I know you invest your heart. But there's something about a dad. There's something about a dad that loves Jesus. There's something about a dad that says, as for me and my household, we will serve God. There's something about a dad who leads his home. And again, to the grandparents, I know some of you may be raising your grandkids because of a challenging family situation. I want to encourage you today. God loves you. We're grateful for your investment. Continue to sharpen your faith. It'll make a difference. It'll make a difference, grandparents. God loves you. And as we close, I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to stand. And I want to issue a challenge to everyone here that this week you all would commit to share your faith It's a share your faith challenge. Find a way to share your faith. Maybe when you go out to eat, you pray for your meal in public. Maybe you encourage your kids to pray for their meal in public. Maybe it's encouraging your kids or your students to say God bless you to someone they encounter. Maybe it's to wear a shirt like this and publicly declare your faith at the next family outing. Maybe, maybe it's You all as a family deciding, deciding that you're going to take your Bible, everyone, to work and to school. For you see, if you're willing to share your faith, it can make a difference in someone else's life. And I want to encourage you to share, find a way to share your faith creatively. Use the hashtag StrongerFamilies. For you see, your faith may encourage the faith of another family. Something that you do or share online may make a difference in the life of someone else. We are better together. We're a body of Christ. And as we close, I want to pray for families. I want to pray for parents. I believe in you. God believes in you. Can we decide as a church, can we decide that we're going to have a sharp faith? Can we decide that we're going to cultivate and build a strong faith in the family? Can we decide to share our faith without fear and without shame, wearing it proud, saying, God, we love you, and declaring it to the world? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, I pray right now for every parent here and also every grandparent. God, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them. We face a difficult culture but your Holy Spirit is there to empower us. You're there to strengthen us, help us sharpen our own faith 
And help us as we communicate with our kids and our students for our faith to connect with them. For it to make an impact, God. That's, what, that's what's burning in my heart. That for every family, that faith would stick. That it would make a difference. That it would make an impact. God, I pray that you would put your hand of protection over our kids and our students as they step onto campuses, God. That you would empower them to be courageous. Protect their mind and their heart, God. We beseech you, help us this year to build stronger families. I pray, Lord, that you bless every family represented here. Let them shine for you. We say all this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said amen. 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 We are so glad you came. If you want to register for the Strong Family Conference, we're there available to meet you at the Resource Center. God bless you, and we are dismissed.